The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General, recording this episode on Tuesday morning ahead of the midweek Champions League ties. It's a Friday deadline in FPL this week for game week 8. The Premier League confirmed on Monday that seven games will go ahead at the weekend. The three that have been postponed are Chelsea versus Liverpool, Manchester United versus Leeds, and Brighton versus Crystal Palace. This is going to result in a lot of wildcards being activated a week earlier than planned, free hits being deployed, and minus fours slash minus eights will be common as well. On today's podcast, I'll talk you through my updated wildcard watch list, answer questions from Twitter, take a look at captaincy for game week eight, and reveal my latest wildcard draft. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to avail of the latest discount offer for new subscribers. The game week review for game week seven is a very short one. I activated my wildcard and scored zero points. You couldn't make this up. I was very happy that FPL Towers allowed me to roll over the wildcard because I thought I was going to have to end up picking a wildcard team in game week seven that might not have been in action until game week eight or game week nine. So thankfully I can continue with the tinkering and build a whole new squad for this slate of seven fixtures. No 59th minute shoutouts this week, obviously, with no fixtures, so keep an eye on those clocks in game week 8. On to a new wildcard watch class. So on the most recent episode, I ran through about 40 players that were on my wildcard watch list, so that's chopped and changed quite a bit now. Game's getting removed. Obviously, some players have more difficult fixtures now that were at game week 8. So overall, going to run through... All four positions for the wildcard watch list. It's whittled down now to 30 players. So this is the pool I'm looking at to finalise my squad on Friday. The big talking point is there is zero Liverpool players on my wildcard watch list. I'm going to lose Trent. I'm going to lose Salah. And I obviously lost Robertson as soon as I activated the wildcard as well. So next four for Liverpool. Blank game week. Then it's Brighton. Then Arsenal and Manchester City. So again, very thankful to FPL for allowing me to roll over the wildcard because if they didn't, I was going to keep Trent and I was going to keep Salah. But the landscape has changed now and I think it makes sense to go without them for a short period of time. I probably will leave cash in the bank so it's easy to get back to at least one of Trent or Salah, if not both. So goalkeepers on the watch list. Nick Pope is the only one pretty set on going for him. I'm going to say 100% set on Nick Pope now. He's been in all of my wildcard drafts. He's got Bournemouth next, and I really like him right up until the World Cup in terms of fixtures. Defenders I'm looking at. Manchester City, Cancelo is going to stay. I was very happy to see him play right back in the Champions League last week, and he looked much better. Got two assists, so I'm hoping he stays at right back rather than left back over these next couple of game weeks. Even if he doesn't, he's going to stay in the squad. Best defence in the league and always has attack and potential. Question then is, do I double up? If I do, I think Ruben Diaz is the most likely. But at the moment, looking at just one Manchester City defender. Trippier, Cher and Botman, all in my thoughts from Newcastle. So going for Pope, pretty set on Trippier as well. 
had the crazy idea of going triple Newcastle defence, maybe going Botman or Fabian Chair, maybe not start them every week, but start them this week, for example, when they've got Bournemouth and hope for a triple clean sheet. But most likely we'll just go Pope and Trippier because I do want to keep a slot open for Isaac or Callum Wilson or St. Maximin in the future, possibly. Perisic also back in my thoughts. He was in my squad before I activated the wildcard, was pretty set on losing him. But now the Tottenham game goes ahead. If it looks like Perisic will start at home to Leicester, it's going to be very hard not to go there. That spot in the defence, it's probably Perisic versus Rhys James. Rhys James doesn't have a fixture this week, but I do want him long term. So I think I'll monitor Perisic minutes Champions League. I'll see what Paulo Keefe tweets as his predicted lineup on Friday. And if Perisic is in that, I probably will go for him over Reese James. And can always make the switch from Perisic to James at some point in the future. So James is in my thoughts, as is Fofana. Still might go for Fofana as a bench option, even though he doesn't play this week. Sinchenko's an option, but again, I just lost Saliba on the wild card, so not in a rush to get another Arsenal defender. If I was forced to, I probably would go Zinchenko though. And then I've got the cheap guys, Nico Williams and Emerson. I think there's a very good chance Emerson will be in. Looks to be pretty secure at the moment in the West Ham defence with Cresswell carrying an injury. So I'll monitor that in Thursday night's European game as well. On to the midfielders on the watch list at Manchester City. Kevin De Bruyne is going to be a very popular Mohamed Salah replacement this week for those who are wildcarding. Also, for those who are just making transfers, Salah to De Bruyne is quite an easy move to make. Gundogan is in my thoughts as well, but I think the ideal triple up for wildcarders is Cancelo, Kevin De Bruyne and Haaland. So that's the way I'm leaning. Hyungman Son comes back into the thinking also for those losing Salah because he's got the Leicester fixture. Disappointing season so far, but if there's any game for Son to get back in the goals, it is this Leicester fixture. One of the worst defences in the league. I can see Spurs scoring three or four easy against Brendan Rodgers' side. Jared Bowen also emerges as an option now. Wasn't in my thoughts at all when I was tinkering with the wildcard last week. But like I said, now the landscape has changed. Bowen's fixtures have cleared up. West Ham had quite a tricky start to the season. Played a lot of the bigger sides. But the next four or five are quite good in terms of fixtures. So I quite like the Emerson and Jared Bowen double up. Obviously, Luis Diaz doesn't have a fixture this week. Not really keen on tripling up on the Arsenal attack. Fixture's good this week, but not good after that. So Saka probably will miss out. So then you're kind of left with Bowen as one of the best 8 million midfielders. Now he's dropped from 8.5 to 8.1. Took a penalty in Europe last week with the likes of Declan Rice on the pitch. So it looks like Bowen could be the number one West Ham penalty taker now. So possible penalties, good fixtures. Obviously, he's blanked in every game so far, but had a very good season last season, and I expect to see him back in the goal soon. So there's a good chance Bowen will make it. And he's also a nice placeholder for someone like a Diaz if I want to go there in a couple of weeks' time. So he's good for price point structure. Wilfred Zaha, another player I need to consider, doesn't have a fixture this week. The trap I fell into yesterday when I built my first wildcard team was picking only players in the 15 that have a game this week but I think that's dangerous you've got to think longer term if you are wildcarding this week or even if you're making transfers and you're not wildcarding soon or if you've already played your wildcard earlier in the season it's it's absolutely fine to have players like Zaha and Reese James maybe even a Rashford on the bench who don't have a fixture this week but you might want them long term the problem with Rashford is 
He's got a blank, and then he's got Man City, so he's not going to be in my squad. I brought him in last week. He rose 0.2, made the 0.1 profit, and he has already left the squad, having not even played a game. So Zaha probably won't make it, but I'm going to give him some thought throughout the week. The Arsenal guys, Martinelli's going to stay, and then considering Saka and Odegaard. Now, Saka and Odegaard, like I said, probably not going to triple up on the Arsenal attack, the question is, if I lose Jesus, which part of me wants to do, but I'm probably not going to do it. If I did lose Jesus, then maybe I would go for a Saka or an Odegaard alongside Martinelli in midfield. So all three, I think, are pretty good options. But again, Brentford next is good for Arsenal. Then the fixtures turn a little bit for the worse. So I don't want to be overcommitted to the Gunners. Ward Prowse, always on the watch list, probably never going to make it into the squad. Just never excites me enough. He's player you got to put him in and just leave him there whereas I like the chop and change in that cheap midfield position in terms of fixtures so I'm much more likely to go for someone like Anthony Gordon for one million less at Everton been very impressed by Gordon this season probably the only player from Everton that I've got any interest in they've got decent fixtures as well I just like the price exciting player good numbers in terms of shot volume I think he's had about 18 shots or something like that this season uh, pretty decent shots on target numbers as well. So there could be goals to come from Gordon. I think he's got two already. And I just feel like it could be a big season for Gordon. Linked with a lot of big clubs during the summer. It didn't happen. And I just think he's a class act. And I would like to own him in AFPL at some point. And this feels like a good opportunity. Leon Bailey, also on the watch list. Had him in game week one. Do we go back there? The fixtures are really good for Aston Villa between now and the World Cup. He's down to 47 Looks to be more secure in the starting 11. Ideally, I'd like to have one or two more game weeks of information to be sure that Bailey is first choice. But for those who, I think a lot of people will try and fit in three premiums to their teams now. Something like Haaland up front. You can probably squeeze in a Kane or Son and still have a Kevin De Bruyne. So that's something I will look at. My most recent draft doesn't have a premium. It has just two of them. But if you are going for three big hitters in attack... You're going to have to go probably for the Bailey and Andreas double up in midfield. I think that's fine. If you have Bailey, Andreas and two 4 million defenders, and if you only need to play one of them every week, I think that's absolutely fine. It still gives you a pretty decent bench. So that's something to think about. Also, Andreas is definitely going to stay in my squad. On to the strikers. Not a huge amount here. Haaland is definitely staying. Mitrovic is definitely coming in. And then the question is, do you stick with Jesus for Brentford or do you switch to a Tony and Isaac or do you upgrade to Harry Kane? I mean, is that even an upgrade? It probably is, but it's a very big financial upgrade. So most likely I'm going to go Haaland, Mitrovic and Jesus. Don't think I'll go for Isaac. Just need to see more. Callum Wilson will be back soon. I think I'd prefer Tony over Isaac. And obviously, if I can make it work, I might end up going for Kane alongside Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne. So that is my 30-man watch list. I'll answer a few questions and then I'll reveal my latest wildcard draft. First question is from FPL Josh, and I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about this if they haven't already activated. When is the best time to wildcard for those of us who still have it left? So a couple of notes I've put down beside this question. As always, very much team dependent. You've got to sit down with your own team, 
look at the fixtures and decide if this week is right for your team for a wild card. Maybe game week 9 will look better for your team. Or some people are considering waiting until around game week 12, game week 13. My notes here say, if you were planning to wildcard in game week 9, which a lot of people were, and if your squad is looking a little bit weak now for game week 8, I would just bring the wildcard a week forward and just wildcard this week. My notes also say, if you're planning to wildcard game week 12, game week 13, and your squad is okay this week, you could take a minus 4 at most. And even if that only means getting to 10 players, that's probably okay. I wouldn't go as far as a minus eight, but I'm very much a manager who doesn't take very many hits. You might be more comfortable with a minus eight than I am. And hits are fine if you're not wildcarding for another few weeks or if you've you've already wildcarded pre-game week seven. You know, hits, don't be afraid of hits if it's for a good asset that you think you're going to keep for four, five, six game weeks and there's a good chance that they will pay you back. So hits are fine for the right players. If you can get to 10 players this week, I think that's more than enough. Some people will probably play with nine and and get away with it. Obviously, it depends who the nine are. And it always is, make sure you have a good captaincy candidate and make sure you have, you know, most of the key assets for this game week. My notes continue to say, for me, now or game week nine, is the best time to wildcard as we're getting closer and closer to the unlimited transfers for the World Cup, which is between game week 16 and game week 17. So for me, I don't really see a huge appeal of wildcard in game week 12 or 13 when you're only going to get three or four game weeks out of it. I like the idea of playing the wildcard around now or next week, which is around halfway between the start of the season and the World Cup. So yeah, again, very team dependent. Some people will be absolutely fine with hits this week, a minus four, a minus eight. Some teams will definitely need a wild card, you know, if you're down to four or five players. And the next question is important from Scott. Is it worth considering a free hit for game week eight or bring your wild card plans forward from game week nine? So yeah, like I said, just bring your plans forward if you're planning to wild card in game week nine. Free hits, in particular for those of you who are new to the game or taking it more seriously for the first time, the free hit chip is a very powerful tool to have and in particular for the second half of the season. There will be there'll be bigger blank game weeks later in the season where we might only have four fixtures in a game week. Free hit will be quite useful there. We've got seven fixtures this week, which is it's a pretty healthy number. We'll have big double game weeks in the second half of the season as well, more so now that there's more games to be rearranged. So you could have game weeks in the second half of the season that could have you know, 16 or 17 fixtures in one game week. So again, your free hit chip can be very powerful, could score you 150 plus points. So I rather play in it, you know, aggressively in a double game week later in the season or in a big blank game week where there might only be three or four fixtures at some point after the World Cup. So if you can, I think I would stay away as much as possible from using your free hit this week. So either bring your wild card forward. If you don't have a wild card or you don't want to use it yet, just take a hit or two. Even if you've got eight or nine players, just soldier through and hopefully the damage won't be too bad. And then you can make those points back or even more later in the season. So I wouldn't free hit this game week. Question from Dave. Is nine players with a fixture enough this week? No wild card. So free hit is the only alternative option. Dave says could take a minus four, minus eight, but that doesn't seem worth it. Again, if the hits are for the right players, absolutely fine and in particular if you've got less than 11 this week let's say you've got nine like dave if you take a hit for a player it's more of a minus two than a minus four because as long as that player plays doesn't get a yellow card if it's a defender if they don't concede a huge amount of goals they should get you two points 
So you're at worst minus two down. So you can look at it that way and it's a little bit easier to take hits when it's a blank game week if you're selling a player that doesn't have a fixture. But again, make sure the player you're bringing in is not just for this week. If they have good fixtures the next four or five weeks, then don't be afraid of a minus four or a minus eight. Question from FPL Tika. If you can get to 11 with a minus four, is it worth delaying the wild card? So again, as you see from these questions, lots of people, lots of different scenarios this week. You've got to make the decision that's right for your team. Some people will have quite a tricky decision. I think this is a good example. A minus four gets you to 11 players. Then you can delay the wild card till next week or maybe a couple of weeks down the line. You've got to just, are you happy with that 11 is there two or three of those 11 that are quite weak? And if it is, then maybe you could bring your wild card forward. But again, I can't answer that question for you. Sit down with your own team and see what feels right. Chris Chimura is on a wild card this week, like myself. He said he's hesitant to drop Reese James or Marcus Rashford. The question is, how many blanks on the bench would you feel comfortable with for this game week? So this is something I need to weigh up as well. I think for us wild carders, we at least need to have 11 starters. You don't want to be going in with 10 when you can go in with 11. And players like, if you're going to have a Reese James on the bench, a Rashford, some people might want to keep a Trent or a Salah, although I don't think I would keep 13 million on the bench for even just one game week. I think it's too much. So ideally, I think you would want to have 11 starters and one first sub that has a fixture. So I would say I'd be comfortable with two players on the bench who don't have a fixture this week. But I've seen quite a few wildcard drafts on Twitter that have three players who don't have a fixture this week. Three outfield players, that is. So you really need all 11 to start. And again, if they don't, is it the end of the world if you only get 10? Probably not. In particular, of those three players, you think you need them for the long term. So yeah, ideally have 11 starters, have one sub who can come in if needed. And then I think two players who don't have a fixture is absolutely fine. Two outfield players. I'm just, I'm not including the goalkeeper in that. Question from Ben C. Would you keep Salah on the game week eight wildcard given that he doesn't play or would you sell him? Again, I'm, I'm, I'm all for selling Salah now. Liverpool, disappointing start to the season. Blank game week. We can captain Haaland every week. So we don't really need Salah for the captaincy. And those fixtures are a little bit tricky as well. And again, when you sell Salah, it's always scary but it doesn't mean you can't get him back. If I go Kevin De Bruyne this week, for example, if I decide in two weeks' time, right, Salah's back on it, Liverpool are on it, I need to get him back. It's not that difficult to get from a Son or a KDB or even a Kane if you want. If you need to make two transfers to get from Kane back to Salah. You can always go back there. But at the moment, I think it makes sense to go without. Question from Pep with long hair. One of my favourite FPL Twitter accounts. Go have a look at Pep with long hair. Are Brighton's Gross and Trossard still good picks after Graham Potter's departure? So straight away, as soon as Potter left, my you know my thoughts on the Brighton assets went down. I much prefer them when Potter was there. Probably been punching above their weight for a long time because Potter's such a good manager. I think that his departure could hit the players pretty hard. And we could see a bit of a drop-off. I still think they're, they're a great side and I'm sure they'll make a good appointment in terms of, of the new manager and they'll be absolutely fine. But fixtures as well it's a blank game week now for Brighton and after that they've got Liverpool and Tottenham so I'm down on Brighton assets none of them are on my watch list and I'm probably not going to own any of them until that Liverpool and Tottenham fixture are out of the way so if you own them I think you probably can lose them now 
for example, if you've got Gross, if you've got Trossard, if you don't have 11 players, they've got a blank this week, then two difficult fixers. You probably do lose your Brighton assets now. Question from Matt Davies. Would you be tempted by West Ham options now, given the fixtures? Matt already has Emerson, but considering Bowen or Paqueta on the wild card. So yeah, good options. Emerson, I think, is a great pick at 4 million. Looks like he's going to be playing for a couple of weeks. At least, I think, even when Cresswell comes back, Emerson's probably going to be pretty safe. We might see David Moyes go with a back three. You know, Cresswell could play the left centre-back, which would allow Emerson to go as a wing-back, which could be even better. So yeah, Emerson, pretty set on going for him on my wild card. I'm going to keep an eye, like I said, on West Ham's European game Thursday night if Cresswell is not on the squad at all because of injury. Again, that's just green light to go for Emerson. In terms of the midfielders, Bowen I mentioned earlier, I think he's a really good option now because for me it always comes down to fixtures. Yes, he's blanked in every game, but I expect that to change now. Paqueta is £6 which is a tempting price. But for me, again, I just haven't seen enough of him. And, you know, David Moyes has a lot of options. You've got Fornals, Benrama. Lanzini, Cornet's there is now, now as well, and you've got Bowens. You've probably got five players for three positions. To me, Paqueta feels like a punt, and I would prefer Gordon for guaranteed 90 minutes for less cash. So again, Paqueta could be a nice differential if you fancy him. I wouldn't stop anyone from going there because the fixtures are good, but I am still slightly concerned about game time, and I'm probably leaning towards Gordon and saving 0.5 million. Again, maybe I'm going to try and watch West Ham Thursday night, in particular if Paquette is playing, just to see a bit more of him. The further I get into this podcast, as you can hear, my voice is starting to go. So hopefully it's not the start of an illness coming on. I'll struggle through to the end. Good job, I've got the international break to recover. Question from Antec99. Is a Chelsea defender a must-have now under Potter, or do we wait? This is the big question for me on wildcard. Do I go for Reese James and bench him this week? Do I put in Fafana and bench him this week because he's good value long term? Again, Chelsea fixtures, blank game week, then Crystal Palace away, Wolves at home, followed by Villa and Brentford away. So it's a blank game week, then it's three away games and four for Chelsea. So I think it's fine to wait. And that was what I was considering doing with Reese James. But the problem is if you're not going for Trent, if you're not going for Robbo, you know, some of the other teams that are blanking this week, there's not a huge amount of options in defence at the moment. So because of that, I might end up with James on my bench this week or Fafana. Probably won't end up with both, uh, but good chance one of them will be on the bench. And then those fixtures, yes, three are away in the next four after the blank. But again, I'm expecting them to improve defensively under Potter. So it might make sense just to get one in. Uh, and again, it, it, it might come down to Perisic versus Reese James for me. If it looks like Perisic may not start, I'll probably just go Reese James and then just go without Perisic, which was my original plan when I activated the wild card, which feels like weeks ago now. Final question is from John Lafferty. Does Trent's postponed game plus a difficult run of fixtures mean downgrading is an easy option to get in Mitrovic up front for a 4.5 million forward. Yeah, this makes sense to me. For example, if you have two free transfers and if you can turn your 4.5 million forward into Mitrovic by losing Trent for someone at around 4.5 or 5 million, even a trip here if you can stretch that far, I think it makes sense. You know, Trent, Liverpool don't look like keeping too many clean sheets. I watched the Napoli game last week and I couldn't get over how bad they were defensively. Just real basic stuff from the likes of Trent and Van Dijk. So, you know, they're they're missing the, the midfield guys. Although this break will probably do them good. You know, they'll get the likes of Thiago back and, and, and Henderson probably won't be far away either. But for me, again, 
I'm just going to play this season from what I've seen so far. And I don't think we need Liverpool players just now. And again, we can always go back to them in the near future, which is why I'll probably leave some cash in the bank. But certainly get Mitrovic in. I would much rather own him than Trent these days. I'll touch on Game Week 8 captaincy before I get to the wildcard draft. So as always, recording before the Champions League game, so I'll monitor the minutes before I give my captaincy any huge consideration. But the early bus team has Haaland captain against Wolves away. Kevin De Bruyne might be an option, who will most likely be in my squad on the wildcard, depending on minutes. Let's say Haaland gets 90 minutes Champions League and Kevin De Bruyne gets a rest or reduced minutes. Maybe I'll go De Bruyne captain, but it's unlikely. I think I'll just captain Haaland every week for the foreseeable future even if I think he might only get 20 or 30 minutes because he's too good the other options for captaincy I really like the Tottenham fixture at home to Leicester so if I do end up on Kane or Son I think Kane's the more likely one then you know let's say Haaland plays 80 or 90 minutes midweek and and I do go for Kane alongside him in the wildcard, there will be temptation to captain Kane against a very porous Leicester defence. Again, we'll monitor the minutes of Son and Kane in the Champions League. Jesus and Martinelli are captaincy candidates away to Brentford. Not too many clean sheets there this season. Mitrovic, if you're feeling punty, away to Nottingham Forest. And if you're feeling really punty, if you're going for Isaac as a transfer in or on a wildcard, he plays Bournemouth at home. I think it would be enough just to own Isaac as a differential. I wouldn't go as far as giving him the armband. So for me, it looks like Haaland again, but let's see what happens midweek in the Champions League. Right, latest wildcard draft, the part you've all been listening for. I'm sure many of you have probably just skipped to this point just to hear this. So 1.9 million in the bank on the current wildcard. And I must stress, it's Tuesday morning. This will change by the time the deadline rolls around on Friday evening. But I don't think a huge amount will change. I think the team structure will be quite similar. So it's taking cash out of defence and basically going for a 3-4-3 formation, which most wildcarders will do this week or next week. Nick Pope in goal with Ward on the bench. The back three will be Cancelo, probably Rhys James, but that could be Perisic and Trippier. And then the two cheap guys on the bench, Emerson and Nico Williams. Midfield, Kevin De Bruyne will replace Salah most likely. Martinelli will stay. And Bowen and Gordon are currently occupying the other two spots. I will give players like Saka more consideration as well. And then Andreas for the bench. And up front, Haaland, Jesus and Mitrovic. So I put a few notes down here. The players that are not in this draft, which probably have the most likely of coming into it. Harry Kane, Perisic, Fofana as a cheap option. If Jesus goes, it's probably Tony. But I think I'll stick with Jesus and then Saka will get some consideration as well. So that gives you an idea of where I'm at on Tuesday. So you can pop in to Twitter on Friday evening to see what the final team looks like. Enjoy the action midweek and best of luck for game week eight. The next episode will be during the second week of the international break. And remember, Friday deadline this week. Don't get caught out. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support me, visit patreon.com forward slash FPL General, where you'll get extra podcasts, a Thursday night live stream and a team reveal before each deadline. Talk to you soon. The Athletic.